Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. G-A-L-D-E-M G-A-L-D-E-M This song is good. Hello and welcome to Galdem's first ever podcast. Inspired by our book, I Will Not Be Erased, our stories about growing up as people of colour. My name's Liv, I'm Galdem's founder, and for those of you who don't know, Galdem is an award-winning media company committed to platforming the voices, perspectives, and creative work of women and non-binary people of colour. Hello, I'm Charlie, I'm the head of editorial at Galdem, and I'll be co-hosting our podcast with Liv. We're super excited to be starting our journey with you. Each week, we'll invite a guest to respond to old diary entries, letters, or text messages from their younger selves. The point is to nurture important discussions about growing up. You can find Growing Up with Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to our podcast, Growing Up with Galdem. 
This week, we are so excited to be joined by the legendary Sophie Duca, who is also a very close friend. She's a comedian and a writer whose favourite things include telling jokes with the confidence of a cis, straight, middle-class white man, which is her words and not mine. She's won various awards and accolades and has appeared on various shows. You might have heard her podcast most recently, I May Destroy You, um, which is on BBC Sounds. Yeah, we just love this woman. She's great. We've worked with her for many, many years now. So thank you for joining us, Sophie. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm sort of like in a little lockdown jungle, like a sort of cocoon. I've got like plants that may or may not be dying all around me. And I can see your and Charlie's beautiful faces. But yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Yay. Well, we can't wait to get into it with you. And your extract that you're going to be reading out for us this week is a particularly entertaining one, I would say, with with lots of things to unpick. But before we sort of get onto that, I sort of wanted to chat to you just a little bit about your year. I feel like two of the big things that have happened to you publicly this year anyway are landing the amazing Obsessed with I May Destroy You podcast. I was obviously a guest of that podcast and it was it was loads of fun. I think I was the first guest, right? Yeah, you were the first guest and you yeah. were under your duvet and I was like, I feel like I could do that, but I can't. I'm just, I've got the plants protecting me. I was like, I need to take this seriously. Like, I May Destroy You is a very good show and this is Sophie and I don't want to let her down. I want the sound quality to be, you know, on point. <laughs> but yeah, obviously the other thing, the not so good thing that, that has happened publicly was um, you had a run in with some very nasty internet trolls and tabloids after you spoke out about how white supremacy harms people of every race um and so I was thinking my guess would be but you can correct me if I'm wrong is that this has perhaps been a year of ups and downs for you but I I, I yeah yeah very mixed bag very uh silver linings and clouds yeah it's been I think for everyone quite not quite hard to know how to feel about this year there's been some really good stuff and like some work stuff that has come out of this time or like uh reflections and growth that has come out of this time has been really good but I think a time when lots of people are at home sort of fuming, <laughs> fuming and panic eating, as I'm doing right now, has, is like also a difficult one. So, yeah. It's definitely been like very much that up and down wave of emotion kind of period. You said you've been eating a lot. What have you been eating? I, I, I saw you kind of eating some quite questionable ham. Oh! Is that what has been getting you through? <laughs> I, know, I like. I love how you said that. Like the Gestapo. Like, yeah, it's uh, it's it's, it's on Reddit. You've been eating some ham. <laughs> I don't like ham. I do like pork, even though I'm trying to be more plant based. I eat all things. Uh, I love plants. I also like animals, but I don't like ham. It tastes like bland and boiled to me. I think ham often is boiled. But I got sent three kilograms of gammon. Uh, from one of my dearest friends when I was involved in a race <laughs> row where I was getting lots of unsolicited gammon thrown my way in the form of white trolls on the internet. So um, my friend, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to out him, my friend Ivo, a very white name, uh, sent me three kilograms of gammon <laughs> with the hashtag defund the BBC to cheer me up during that time. Oh my God. And I had to find a way to cook it because <laughs> there was so much and it was really expensive. <laughs> But it, it, it didn't oh taste God. it didn't taste the best because gammon is gross. I'm impressed that you tried to make something work. Um, I was going to ask if you would be happy to read out the snippet that you have sent through. And just like if you could offer a little bit of context as to how, you know, where you were at that time when you were writing this email. Set the scene. So I think <laughs> the place where I was when I sent this email was quite a teeter-totter sort of liminal stage of my life. I think I was about 18 in the last year of school. 
Um, and something that happened in my last year is that I, so, like, one of my closest friends sort of um, stopped being friends with other of my closest friends. And it was at a time when we were all kind of, I think, trying to really assert ourselves and, like, move on to be who what we wanted to be and take no shit. But it was also the last time that we were all going to get to be together in a sort of, like, North London bubble and be who we were before we went off to university and became completely different people. At that time, also, my grandpa had come over from Cameroon because he was very ill and he was staying with my family. First, he was staying with my family and he was also in the hospital. So I think he mainly came over here because of like better treatment, my mum taking care of him and stuff. So it was just kind of like a stressful time. There's the whole thing of like applying to uni, exam results, family. I sort of found this extract that I'm going to read by accident and it felt a bit like schizophrenic and the stuff that it talked about but I think because it was I think the way that I spoke to my friends at that time was a sort of weird word vomit there wasn't really that much like boundaries in what we talked about and there wasn't really much flagging that something was going to be important so uh yeah I think maybe at this time I was more jumbled than I realized but it was also uh, a time of big change I have not much to tell that is good Gpa is basically dying of cancer. He can't talk or get up anymore. So mum hasn't been to work this week and we're basically splitting, all splitting our time onto a hospital and home. Oh, Rachel and Mark had a massive fight in which he broke up with her twice and called her a cunt. So he agreed with Sasha, Ari Benekasim, me, Ted and this Australian guy were there. It wasn't nice. It's such a long story. We were in Vauxhall at the time, two stops away from Brixton. We were meant to be going to this insane club called Palana Angel. So anyway, when it was getting ridiculous, I took Rachel away to Oxford Circus, where we sat in the Burger King in Tottenham Court Road for ages with her crying. Then I took her home. Then Ted calls at 3.30am and thinks it's acceptable for him, Mark and Jack to come crash at Rachel's after they've been clubbing or whatever. Uh, so I let them in because I didn't know what else to do after I put Rachel to bed. Then of Rachel woke up and was like, what the fuck is Mark doing in my house? Can't be bothered to go on. But it's cool because they're back together now. I'm just never going out with either of them again. It's ridiculous. They need to break up or something. Brazilian texted me and added me on Facebook. Also asked me out again on Sunday, but I said no because of all the home stuff. I may be able to see him on Tuesday if my grandpa doesn't die before then because obviously then I can't go out ever. I just really need to see someone normal. Except I saw a Facebook picture of him where he had really long hair, like Beyonce long, <laughs> my barometer. Really long hair, like Beyonce long. And I was just like, WTF, I hate that so much. I could die. But he's quite lovely. I just don't know if I can handle it at the moment. The end. How things change. <laughs> I remember something that had happened at that time and that was that I had also got tongue piercing. So my world was just full. Firstly, this email really, really reminds me of the type of emails I would send to friends at, I think, around the same age as well. Um, so you said you're about 18 in, in, in 2008, which which is when I think it was sent. And there seems to be about like four main parts. So it's about family, it's about friends, it's about boys. Does that, Sophie, feel sort of recognisable to you today? Oh, I mean, I think I, think I sort of recognise her. I think I feel like, not this sounds bad, but I feel like I've escaped the sway of some of those things. Like I obviously don't live with my family anymore. So it's not so much whatever happens. I'm just like, I have to go with them on the river of that. And those friends, my closest friends at the time that were like all the source of all the drama, 
are not my closest friends anymore and I wouldn't feel like I needed to sort of stage manage someone else's relationship in the same way so I recognize her but I don't think I think I've yeah I'm not as trapped by the things that she's trapped by yeah I love that did you with with the friend that you were sending the email to have you still got a relationship with that friend or or is that kind of not really there anymore I do I I have a relationship with her I think it's not as constant like when you're at school I was at school with a friend I sent an email to and I think maybe this was during like some holidays uh she was a really good friend and is a really good friend but just not someone I speak to on the daily yeah yeah for sure in terms of this kind of like teenageness and the kind of, you know, volatility of relationships and the in and the out and the dramatics and the drama and all of that sort of stuff. Um, you said that you're obviously not friends with those people as you vowed not to be um, in that kind of extract. But, you know, what what do you look for now in the kind of friends and relationships that you do keep? So I think like something that has been a constant with me since I've been small is that I feel like friend loyalty is like a really valuable thing. And I think that sometimes can get you into really toxic places because sometimes people have claim to you because like you know them from school or you know them from like year eight or like you've been friends with them for a long time. So no matter how dramatic they're being, no matter how many boundaries they cross or no matter how much they're not giving you what you want anymore, you're like, I'm being good because I'm being a loyal friend. So I'm taking their shit. And I think now the thing that I look for in a friend is that I understand people are in like different places to me. Like some people are going through stuff that I don't have the capacity to support them through, but that means they can't give me what I need. But I think that for that someone to be a friend now is that when they show up, they make me feel good and they add value to my life. And we both leave like better from that. And I think that's definitely stopped happening with some friends I'd had a really long time at school, just because we, I think we like loved each other, but we didn't, we didn't know how to take care of each other. And sometimes with certain personalities, people who like were used to being the popular girl or were used to everything going their way, couldn't sort of reach back and take care of other people. So mm. I, lo- I look for friendships where we, both parties feel replenished and feel positive about our interactions. Yeah, it should feel sort of mutually enjoyable, mutually beneficial to be friends, shouldn't it? Not like this just pure giving to someone and not, you know, not, not that everything has, it's not about transactional relationships. It's it's just more about balance, I feel Yeah, like. I think that's absolutely right. I think it's like, but it, I think we also feel weird being like, if you should be like, you shouldn't feel completely dra- like drained after seeing someone every single time you see them and like I'm sure we've all had friends who've gone through really difficult times and supported them through that it can be something where someone's like going through an illness or going through grief or struggling with something in their life and all you do is support them but it doesn't drain you because you have the capacity to take care of them you're doing that willingly and out of love and they're not like say like preying on you being toxic manipulating you like fighting back so I think it can seem like sometimes one person in the relationship is always supporting the other person, but I think it has to be on those two people's terms and what makes, what they feel coming out of that. I think that's so important. And I think so often when we speak about kind of reciprocity in relationships, maybe, you know, prior to to this year, I think so much of the conversation has been like wrapped up in like romantic relationships. And I think it's really important that we look at the kind of balance in like friendships as much as we do in those, 
in those kind of relationships. I think one thing that came through kind of lockdown and and realisations and reflections is this idea of boundaries and like looking at whether there is that balance and it is like this thing of give and take. I don't know if you've had any realisations during this time. (laughs) What have I realised during this time? I think in lockdown, for me, it's been easy to feel like I'm not a good friend (laughs) because your world, our worlds have gotten so much smaller and I feel like, oh, I didn't know this person was going through this thing or I can't be there, I can't check in on that person all the time. So I think it's easy to feel like you've either lost touch with your friends or you're not being there for them. But I think something that I've realized is that even though if you're someone with like a huge wide social circle, some things will go dead during this time. People are really receptive to reaching back if they're good friends and they know you need help. So it's about articulating really clearly what you want because you can't sort of let it be assumed. And I think because I have had a difficult time or at least had some negative attention during this period, people who have offered me something without asking anything in return have been really valuable. So whether that is like just sending a text saying like, I hope you're okay, or like sending me something like, a really massive amount of ham or just like (laughs) doing something for me that I don't even directly know about I think sometimes it takes a lot of mental energy to feel like I have to do all like the friend stuff back I have to ask how you are to do all this stuff but I think when someone does something selfless for you that feels really valuable and it's just a sort of like them being like hey yeah I I can totally agree with that it sounds weird but I was I was thinking about this a lot around the period of my birthday like a couple weeks back it's obviously not as sort of um perhaps deep but like I think birthdays always get me thinking about friendship because obviously it's the time where people you have a party and like you see your mates and but in lockdown it's very different and like so the people who did kind of reach out and just wish me a happy birthday I really appreciated it because I was like oh like I'm still loved like people still care um so yeah I I Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Feel that. Within the sort of um, the email, one of the other things I wanted to chat to you about a little bit was about grief and, and your sort of speaking about your your granddad being ill it like it's kind of interspersed between these slightly lighter moments talking about your day-to-day life but how how was it affecting you and your family at the time and how do you sort of look back upon that period of grief I think it was it was a weird time I think everything that's happening to you when you're a teenager full stop but also when you're like this big special brand of teenager that's about to make these big decisions that affect literally the rest of your life. And for me, that happened when I was like, okay, wherever I go to university will be really important. Whatever happens in these exams will be really important. It felt kind of overwhelming, but it also felt like something I couldn't opt out of. I've never really wanted to opt out of like family stuff. I didn't know that. I didn't know that other people did that and have done that. And obviously just having a sick relative isn't necessarily a huge drain on me but I think it was the first person who whose illness that I saw really close up and I was the last person with my grandfather when he died well I wasn't there when he died I was there just before he died I was the last person to make a visit to the hospital and I think now I don't like to say it but before he really wanted me to go to the university that I ended up going to And I remember thinking about it a lot when I got accepted and about what he would have wanted. And I think that this, like this time and going through having his presence there, like physically in the house and seeing my mother's grief, I think it sort of cemented what I felt about familial expectation and the values that were being passed on to me from my family, if that makes sense. For me, I could kind of escape into my world of school and boys and dramas. But I think I was like, after my grandfather's death, which wasn't that long after that email, I think I was like, what what are the things that I need to, that, that I need to like work on, that I need to focus on, that I need to come out the other side of this with? Because those are the things that people have sacrificed their lives so that I could have. So it led to a kind of a, like um, not necessarily like a a dampening of familial expectation, but more like okay, I want to do well by my family or something along those lines. If I'm not mis mis yeah, well, I think when my grandpa saw results, he was so like blown away by them. He was like he was so excited at the potential of what I could achieve if I got like A's in something and how sort of far we had come and he wanted me to take the biggest opportunity like for the biggest return and I sort of liked chatting back against that I sort of wanted to be my own person and this is like particularly about going to Oxbridge I only applied in the first place because my parents were like you should 
apply and then you have the option to go if you get the grades like see them interview and stuff but I knew that they wanted me to because they felt that they'd been discriminated against in the workplace they felt that they hadn't the same hadn't had the same chances as other people and they felt that this sort of uh club this sort of like wonderland would be opened up to me if I managed to secure this opportunity uh and I think that's something that came down from my grandfather as well so I think at the time I was like I'm in a pretty privileged position where my future doesn't mean like that doesn't mean loads to me but I I don't get why it's so important for them but if it is so important for them maybe it's something that I should consider and I don't necessarily think that I made the right decision or the wrong decision but I think I really felt like the sort of what it means to be a child god I am now going to sound like that meme off TikTok but what it means to be like a child of immigrants what it means for my grandfather to die here what it means for my mother to see her family progressing in a certain way and I think at 18 you finally feel like somewhere in your late teens late teens anyway when you're 16 or 18 when you're kind of going off into the world by yourself you're kind of like oh I'm a player in this rather than just responding to it and the decisions I make will affect like whatever our story is as a family. It's such an experience that so many of us have, right? Of course, we're thinking about the experiences of our grandparents. Our parents are thinking about all of these things. We're thinking about how we relate to that and whether we're like doing right by them and the struggles that they had and making the most of opportunity that they didn't have. These are all, you know, like, you know, like you said, without meaning to sound like whatever, <laughs> this is this is the reality for 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 so many of us. And it does impact you know, the way that we um, move through the world. And I remember trying to have conversations with some of my, like, white peers and then white bay about, like, the kind of, like, importance that is placed on certain things by my, uh, like, family members, I guess, in terms of education and that sort of thing. And I, I don't think he could he, he could necessarily understand it. But I think when you've come from a legacy where our ancestors have had to work really bloody hard to get to a certain point, you know, you, you understand why those things are so important to them. And yeah, I think there's definitely a moment within which you kind of become aware of how you're like situated in that thing. I think for me, it, it happened at a, even maybe later than like the late teens, like just in having a conversation with my nan, like really sitting down and, and having a conversation with her about, kind of her experiences because I think I was talking about racism or something and she was like what do you mean <laughs> and then was telling me about what she'd experienced and I was like oh yeah <laughs> like not that not that my experience is not valid but you know that there was some some a lot that came before that you know that was on a on a different level that really resonates with me what you just said but I think I don't want like generations under me that come after me to feel sort of stifled by this because part of the reasons that our families or the people that loved us sacrificed so much is so we could be carefree I think I felt selfish or a bit naive because I didn't know everything and I hadn't struggled as much as my family but I think the fact that I felt relatively carefree is a beautiful thing and a gift in itself whatever I had done with that sort of power and privilege I agree yeah, I agree. I think I think that I think that's so important and I I just think it's important to understand what has come for us to be able to be in the position that we're in not from like a place of guilt but from a place of okay, great, let me enjoy this life. And even after after death like in grieving my um kind of stepfather, my mum always speaks about this idea of us honoring him through joy and through happiness and letting that be the thing that 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 lives on. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. 
So what do you think um, your kind of younger self, this this self that you, that, you know, these thoughts that you just described as being quite, quite kind of scatty and chaotic and just a lot was going on in 2008 for you. What do you think that that Sophie would think about Sophie 2020 today? I think, I, on, I honestly think, and I feel sort of weird sort of shy saying this I honestly think her mind would be blown and I think that that's something that I don't really recognize a lot as I go about my day I think as I sit here now I think of like the work I have to do and how I'm not achieving something or I haven't got to something and I haven't achieved stuff but if I ever give myself pause to think about probably not even way back in 2008 probably like two years ago or a year ago just like the thought that I could achieve what I have in my relationships and my professional life with my family coming out. Like, it's just such a lot. Like, there's such a lot that I had to deal with then. There's such a lot that I'm sort of grappling with now. But I think, I think I'd be happy and I'd be excited by the amount that I've been able to grow. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> obviously we've been watching on the sidelines and, and cheering and it's just as sort of Liv said right at the beginning it's like you are a, I think what's the word a consummate professional like whenever you like, like whenever I see you do something whether that's like be on a panel show or host something for us you're it's always on point it's always you know spot on you can tell how hard you work so um yeah it's definitely even in that deserved. quiz when you got your tits out it was great it was perfect <laughs> oh yeah we did um for those who who are not aware we did a a bra quiz with with Sophie which was very funny and we had some like aunties on there do you guys remember those those are two aunties who <laughs> with their wine like living their best life talking about chests and, yeah. and bras and boobs and all those lovely things. yeah who are um, living but whatever you do, you just bring this Sophie energy to it that's like the most amazing thing ever. Like having worked with you behind the scenes as someone who's writing scripts and doing all of that sort of stuff. It's, as Charlie says, it's like, it's beautiful to witness and to be a part of in some way. I oh, thank you so much. And I, <laughs> but I think like, I love, I love the title of this podcast and I feel like, I feel excited that the people that are listening and the people that interact with Galdem, I feel like I've grown up with Galdem. I feel like I have been aware of Galdem, whether it's like as a resource, like literally being like, I respect the people that write for Galdem. I want to like find something about, uh, about politics that I don't know, or as in terms of place for community, just like having it as like a reference and support throughout my twenties and being lucky enough to live in London, which is somewhere where you have a lot of your events. I think that constant is something that's really shaped me so just one last question for you Sophie um we were wondering if you could give any advice to your younger self the the girl who wrote that email who was dealing with the messy friends and the the ill grandpa and a Brazilian man who we actually haven't spoken about okay. in depth <laughs> a Brazilian man with Beyonce hair I don't know why I thought the Beyonce <laughs> hair was gross by the way I was like Oh, he's got long hair. Um, on the Brazilian guy specifically, I would say he seems like a nice guy, but it's not the end of the world. I think he was uh, a guy that made me feel special. And uh, if you're someone that hasn't been made to feel uh, particularly desirable or wanted throughout 
you know, whenever, and you finally get that, it can feel like this, if you miss this boat, then you'll be lonely again for ages. I think the advice I would give to my younger self is that I cared a lot when I was younger about being able to be all sorts of different things, like being able to be a good daughter to my mum, who was about to lose her dad. I cared about being able to be the best student or being able to be like this person in my group of friends that was the sort of particular role that I thought I could fit into. But what was actually happening at that moment is that all the things that were making me myself were sort of being formed and I never wanted to look at that I always wanted to look at the person that I wanted to be but not the person who I actually was and what my talents were and my strengths were I just wanted to like find something that fit but that kind of doesn't give you as enough space to grow without other people's influence and I think protecting your energy and nourishing that energy is something that I wish more people would do from earlier on when they've had less interference and I would say to myself don't let other people interfere with you. Just nourish what you've got and be excited by that. Beautiful. Beautiful. I think protect your energy is an excellent um, is an excellent mantra for all of us to be to live by. It's so important. Um, but thank you, Sophie, for joining us. We love you. We adore you. It's been beautiful to speak to you, to reflect. I've been doing like heart hands throughout this podcast, even though that is not uh, a gesture of affection that works <laughs> in the audio realm. But yeah, so much love. It's been such a such a nice time. Thank you, lovely. Thank you. That was lovely, obviously, as per just catching up with um, a friend, which is, you know, I think the best kind of conversation. I mean, we spoke, we managed to cover quite a lot of ground, I think, in quite a, a short space of time. I think one of the things that struck me the most or that I thought, you know, was a beautiful way to look at things in terms of legacy and heritage was this idea of, you know, acknowledging and, and understanding and, and being aware of legacy and history, but in some ways not, not, not being beholden to it, but not allowing that to become a burden. I think that was a, an interesting point that she'd raised. But um, yeah, I enjoyed it. How did you find it? Yeah, yeah. Um, similarly, I, I think that we we covered quite a few topics, which is really nice to hear her talk to, about her family, but also about her friendships. And I just, you know, going back to the way, the style in which she wrote that email, it honestly really did remind me of a lot of the ways I would communicate with friends in that era. And like, just the kind of rush of things that would, was going on at that time. It's very, um, yeah, got a lot of, got a lot of empathy for that. Yeah. Everything is so significant. It's when you're older that you become jaded and you don't pay as much attention or whatever. Yeah, for sure. You're totally right. Like everything at that age is heightened. I say this a lot, but yeah, everything at that age is heightened and it and it feels like, because it's the first time, it feels like it's the most important thing in the world. And it kind of is. Like, I don't want to minimise it or diminish it. Like no, no. going out with your friends and having a friend who's heartbroken and crying and trying to deal with that and making sure people don't get hurt or, you know especially if you're a bit of an overthinker as I was at that age I found I really struggled with with handling those messy kind of friendship relationships of that period when people were still figuring out how much alcohol they should and shouldn't drink and falling in and out of love at the drop of the hat yeah I kind of in some ways I do wish I could go back and just tell myself to 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 chill I don't know if you feel the same love Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm enough of an overthinker as it is now. But yeah, obviously, 
being at that at that in that headspace in that time, like you say, when you're experiencing a lot of things for the first time. I mean, I still experience a lot of things for the first time in adulthood, but you know, it was it was a lot. So yeah, I agree. But yeah, thank you for um for listening to Growing Up with Galdem this week. We appreciate you um for being on this journey with us. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you want to find out more about Galdem, you can just head to our website where you can become a member. It's a great time. Christmas is coming. So excellent present opportunity. We appreciate you and, and we'll see you next week. This has been an II Studios production. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll tune into the next one. You can find Growing Up With Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a review, rate us and subscribe. It really helps the show. And if you'd like to find out more about Galdem, you can head over to our Instagram page at Galdemzine. That's G-A-L-D-E-M-Z-I-N-E. Or you can visit our website, which is G-A-L hyphen, which is important, D-E-M dot com. Galdem has a book which is out now. It's called I Will Not Be Erased, Our Stories About Growing Up as People of Colour. You can find it in all good bookstores or online. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head-on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.